0: All right, folks, and welcome to another live stream here. And uh, got my buddy from the Libertarian Pod Review, Tyler Yankee. How's it going, buddy? Good,
1: Eric. How you doing? <laughs> uh,
0: doing as well as to be expected. I have the Yeti cup, but it's only filled with a uh, uh, Crown Royal and a can of Scotch and soda. So
1: mm. well, that's uh, that you're heading ah. me up just uh, beer, a hazy of some sort. Uh, <laughs> all I can handle for today. It was a rough day for me. I don't know if you followed any of my Twitter drama. Uh, you had Twitter drama today? I did. Are you
0: redheaded by any chance? I, I am redheaded. I'm not the redhead, but yeah, I'm redheaded, of course.
1: Yeah, well, that's just a, a hint of what How? Yeah, the redheaded yeah, just libertarian just commandment. What's oh, left? Fun. Oh, yeah. We got to there.
0: <laughs> we had some fun times. Yeah, I uh, logged back in after I got home from work today. and noticed that uh, old Queen Josie had blocked me as well. So, oh. I, yeah, the the list comes for us all, I guess.
1: Well, I'd already been blocked by her for quite some time, and and then I'd muted her and her haters because they're both annoying. So, yeah. but she had blocked me, and then I put this uh, little clip out that I had had of her saying one thing, and then anyway, people could go to my Twitter and see it if they want. And she did not like that, and she came at me. But um, <laughs> I, and I try to respond with, uh, you know, just jokes and whatever. But man, her following—they they're loyal, or they really hate her. It's not yeah. one of, it's not anywhere in between.
0: Yeah, it's it's kind of. It's kind of fun watching them because it's like the replies are always like, Oh, you're just a horrible bitch. And then other people's like, she's not a bitch. She's beautiful. And I'm like, Oh Jesus. It's just no middle ground.
1: Right. They, they came after me and they're, they're talking about my hair and my looks. I'm like, I I mean, come on a 50. I I don't care. I do have (laughs) hair, but I'm being your hair. Sorry. But, uh, uh, you know, I, I mean, like I care and you know, it's interesting. They get so worked up in their own little gossips and stuff, but, um, They'll do that to other people. It's just that I don't
0: care. Anymore. Oh yeah,
1: so, whatever. Anyway, that's I, my day.
0: Yeah, it's it's kind of one of those things. It's like when I get onto Twitter, I'm going to an, annoy a blue check mark somewhere, and then I'm just gonna look to make all the rest of my friends laugh. And that's <laughs> really that's my <laughs> only goal. So. And I tried that. Uh, so was... we got, yeah, we got oh, Justin Camel. Sup, nerds? Yes. What's up? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, of course, C D McRae, who I had on last night. She wants to talk more about football so i don't
1: know talking about?
0: uh i don't know of any games that are on right now it's thursday night football i would imagine so yeah something's going on right i don't really watch the nfl anymore unless it's the saints i'll kind of keep up with it for a second and then it's like okay the saints are just being the saints
1: <laughs> i'm kind of the same way just not the saints but um yeah football is kind of the only mainstream sport i'm really following anymore and even then it's kind of half-assed. Yeah. I'm a Niners fan. So growing up, the Saints and the Niners, you know, good clashes that we've had there. So,
0: yeah. Yeah. So uh, let's see. C.D. McRae. Oh, it's the Saints and the Cowboys. Oh, uh, who that? <laughs> so there you okay. go. <laughs> right. There you go. So, yeah, it's the uh, the 49ers. We, uh, I watched those as a kid and because they kept going back to the Super Bowl with uh, good old Joe Montana. Right. And uh, every year it was like uh, it was like okay, how's Joe going to beat everybody this year? And uh, he would do it.
1: Yeah, it was good stuff. You know, I so I'm, I'm I just said it earlier. I'm 50. So when I was really younger, um, born in 71, you know, the Niners from then up until 82, or yeah, we not good at all. Yeah, and <laughs> uh, DeBerg, you know, some of these horrible things. And so I remember seeing the playoff game with the Cowboys, and uh, that's you know then my life was fulfilled in a sense from then on. Quite some time.
0: Yeah, it's like uh, as a kid, I remember when they switched over to Steve Young, and, and everyone was like going, "Oh no, a Mormon quarterback? Why?"
1: All <laughs> right. <laughs> well, he's got a different channel to God, I guess.
0: So. Yes. Yeah. Completely different. Right. And, and no, we're not going to bring up soaking because I've I've heard it too much in the last few days, and I hate it. <laughs> I saw some
1: references to that, and I'm like, I don't think. And then an the Tower Game is up, and I'm I'm not going to go down that route. Yeah. That yeah. I'm just like don't need to know
0: <laughs> oh man as if there's a loophole as if there's a loophole
1: <laughs> trust me i i i was christian you know i still am but growing up like that you know you try to preserve everything and at some you know, you're doing everything for loopholes right yeah at some point you just give up and go for the holes so it's...
0: <laughs> yeah i always I like that I was like even as a teenager it was like well i mean i'm not gonna get her pregnant if i stick it in her
1: butt you know <laughs> wow you were ahead <laughs> of the time That's, uh, yeah yeah
0: all right yeah, the 90s were a wild time <laughs> just a wild time for everybody involved it was a lot of flannel right. it was doc martin's hair right. drapes
1: <laughs> i enjoyed the 90s good to me
0: yeah you know i kind of uh i look back at it now because i was watching like the matrix and it was like oh at the peak of your society and everything and it's like 1999 then and i was like thinking about it at the time i was like oh this ain't the peak we got so much farther to go and now i look back at it, i was like nope that was that was where we peaked <laughs>
1: In, for many ways, yes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's All always downhill and, after that. Uh,
1: I read uh, the book, uh, The Moon is a Harsh Mistress, Heinlein. I don't know if you ever read his stuff.
0: Yeah, I, that's kind of like on my reading list. I remember reading it in high school, and I've, I've completely forgotten that entire book. And that's well, it's kind of a rare thing for me.
1: We don't need to talk much about it, but I, I read it not too long ago because everyone talks about it. and uh, yeah. I found it interesting because it was written in around 64, 65. And he projects this, you know, future. And so it's always interesting. The future was like 2030. So we're not far away, right? Right. And it, yeah. You see what someone in the 60s was thinking, you know, and, and I'm closer to you know, when it was going to be than when it was written. And he had some, some of the stuff I was like, oh, you know, computers that were very human. Um, yeah, and some other things in there. But uh, it's oh, those things interest me.
0: Yeah, I was, I think one of the things about it was that it kind of sold me It was like a friend read it and then he was like uh it's about a prison colony on the moon. I was like, yeah. "Oh, okay. Well, that, that's kind of cool, I guess." Yeah. Like, and then read it
1: and then just, "Oh, yeah. Why do we What's that? I said we had Australia. Why do we need the the moon? Yeah.
0: That's <laughs> pra- It's practically the moon. You know, it almost looks like Mars out there." Right. Uh Yeah, and even even nowadays, I mean, I, there's a couple people I follow on TikTok that are from Australia and they they hate they fucking hate the lockdowns and everything and uh it's like one girl in particular they keep banning her account because she keeps talking about it, and so it's like every week that's like some brand new uh, screen name for her. I'm like, oh, that there's there's there she is.
1: Have <laughs> you been banned? Have you been banned from Twitter yet? Uh,
0: <laughs> I used to get twelve hour bans here and there for calling people retarded and stuff, and then uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then and then uh, I guess the the R word has uh, attracted more attention, and then the last time I got banned it was a seven day for calling a journalist a retard. So oh,
1: well, I've avoided all that and uh, I'm, I'm doing my best to yeah. stay active without having that. So you try to work around it, you know?
0: Yeah. Now, uh, anytime I'm going to call a blue check, a retard, I, I make sure I start, you know, R E dot, 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 and then right. mentally held back in a very specific manner and then just finish right. out the definition.
1: <laughs> yeah. But they deserve it usually. So.
0: Yes, of course they deserve it. Corporate press.
1: Right.
0: Uh, Which, uh, as we all know, is the enemy of the people. So,
1: Right. Malice has said a few good things, and that's that's getting more and more accepted uh, comments, uh, you know, commentary of saying those words. uh,
0: I've been seeing, like, GOP normies start to use that phrase.
1: I just heard Glenn Beck the other day, uh, this week, I think, say that, you know. Yeah. Oh, well, he's had malice, but still.
0: Yeah, I mean, some of the people in the GOP are starting to get it. They're starting to understand. I'm right. seeing a lot more people that are associated with the GOP having like Mises.org uh, links and stuff that, yeah. that they're posting stuff. And it was like, it's like that really all it took was just Rob Schneider to, to post something about Mises and now you guys are all for it. <laughs> right.
1: Yeah, maybe so. Uh, or is it the Mises GOP that they're talking about? I don't know.
0: It's either way. I don't care how, how you get the information, you know, just go for it. <laughs>
1: right. As long as it's Mises somewhere, I think, so.
0: Yeah, exactly. So it, it could be worse. I mean, they could be reading, you know, Marx and Engels and <laughs> Piketty I, for the stupid modern monetary theory.
1: Yeah. Have you, have you read uh, Marx and Engels? I know, you know, everyone knows about it, but have you, did you dive in and read any of that stuff?
0: Yeah, I read the Communist Manifesto and uh, I kind of came away with it with a different take. Uh, I was like, "Oh, wow! Marx actually kind of knows what he's talking about, but he's he's pointing the finger at the wrong people. It's yeah. like instead of like venture capitalist, he should be like pointing at like the local governor or the local uh, magistrate over there in England. You know, that's the guy that's actually the oppressor. You know, if he just had understood that part of it, everyone else would should be able to get it. But you know, oh well."
1: Yeah, I saw that. It's somewhat with, uh, even Trump, if you compared him and, you know, kind of the populist, even the Bernie Sanders, they point out a lot of the same problems. The solutions are different. And um, I think that's kind of that
0: too. Yeah. Prescriptions is like something that communists just never can come up with that's going to make any kind of uh, sense. It's just so weird. It's like, how do you guys see the problem for what it is? And then just go completely off the rails with how you would think to solve it. It's like, okay, well, the problem here is the government hasn't done enough. (laughs) Like,
1: what? <laughs> you know like even just school free student loans or something like that their their idea is to try to do it's like a pipe that's burst and or a hose that's screaming out and they're trying to do everything they can while this water's gushing to cap the end of it when you could just go and turn the faucet off which right. is really what, what needs to be done it's the we all see the problem but let's go to the root and worry about it but
0: yeah, it was like today, I, uh, I got accosted coming out of a Walgreens by some people that wanted to end uh, teen suicide and uh, drug use. And so I kind of looked at the guy and I was like, uh, so which government agency do you want to abolish to fix this problem? And he just kind of, huh? Uh, no, we were talking about social programs. I was like, okay, so you're not going to actually address the root of the problem. You just want to put a Band-Aid on it and feel better about yourself. And he just kind of like, uh, and I was like, yeah, that's what I thought. And I just, just walked away. I was like, come on, guys. <laughs> right. yeah, I don't any, think he was exactly prepared for that one. Did they have any
1: cool uh, dress up costumes or anything to accentuate this, uh, this, this uh, problem or issue?
0: Uh, no, it was like, uh, yeah, it was like outreach for like with teen programs. I was like, kind of looked at their, uh, little brochure there for a second. And that's when I asked them the question and they just deer in the headlights. They had never heard that. Oh, you want to abolish like the DEA? <laughs> you, you want to abolish the department of education for, for causing this problem. Yeah. Right.
1: Well, that was the only reason I asked that a joke because a few years ago, my wife and I we were up in Oregon and these people were protesting um, male circumcision. So these guys, and they had all white on, but then their crotches were just red.
0: Yeah, fortunately enough, no, they weren't in costume. It was like actually rather boring uh, khakis and polo shirts. So at least they were well-dressed.
1: Okay, that well, sounds, yeah. sounds Mormon.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I mean, just a little bit. They, they weren't religious in any kind of way. It was just kind of kind of strange. Well,
1: they probably were a little religious
0: the government. Yeah. Uh, let's see uh, more from Justin Campbell. There, I did a brie. Uh, I think you, you meant mean brief, brief. Uh, review of the common of, communist manifesto. It wasn't bad. He just missed the diagnosis. Yeah, yeah. Uh, although you could do a brie review, I guess if you just you know wanted to do something with cheese, right? <laughs> yeah. Or Alison Brie. Who's that mm. you don't know who Alison Brie is? No, Never watched the show Community.
1: Uh, I I've seen it. A- Bits of it, so it's it's. I think it it's one of the actors. Actress.
0: Yeah, yeah, the actress that was uh, Annie Edelman, that is the uh, the brunette in the show. Okay. Yeah. Very hot.
1: <laughs> Community. That uh, that's the one with the guy that did the like the review TV show. He was after the guy. And I'm gonna
0: Yeah, yeah. He, uh, joel McHale, was the uh, the host yeah. of the Soup for a long time. Yeah. Go. Who's and the guy? Tried-
1: had the skunk hair. Do you remember that?
0: Uh, John, oh man, now I'm, I know it was John something. It's kind of come to me in a moment. But yeah, he used to, He had that gray streak down the side of his head, and yeah. he called himself the skunk there for a little bit. Now, he was pretty good. Greg Kinnear was boring at that show. That was the very first yeah, iteration of it. I, I would agree. Yeah. And then they tried doing it again with Aisha Taylor there for a little bit, and it just wasn't the same.
1: Right, that but. might have been when I bought out of TV. <laughs>
0: Yeah. And then since then, Netflix tried to do like some kind of weird version called the Joel McHale show, where it was kind of doing the same thing with the same crew. It it was okay, but they just had like one season of it.
1: Yeah. He was, so he was on, um, he was on community. He was also, uh, on movie with Adam Sandler. He was anyway, I don't know why I'm talking about that. It'll come to me and I'll interrupt you.
0: Actually there, yeah, there is a great movie that he was in. It's kind of a horror movie. He was with uh, Eric Bana and uh it was called like the In the Name of Evil or something and Eric Bana was like a, a New York City cop that was uh, exposed to like demonology and stuff. And Joel McHale was his partner in that movie. It was actually quite a quite a thrilling movie. Cuz was sitting said there watching it and was like, well this is just kind of weird, you know. And then he kind of find out it was actually based on a real story. So Oh. <laughs> uh,
1: blended. It just came to me blended.
0: Uh... Blended? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he's had some bit parts here and there. Yeah. Anyway, and right, right now he's doing a baking show on Fox, which is, is he? kind of disappointing. <laughs> is he really? Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. That's really funny because he's like six foot five and very uh, in shape, and just to see him like doing sweets and baked goods is kind of weird. <laughs> <laughs> I do like baked goods. I don't know if you do, but uh, they're a man. of I was a uh, I was 110 pounds heavier at one point, so yes, I, I had a sweet tooth there for a long time. <laughs> Congratulations
1: on losing 110. That's quite an accomplishment.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's a, kind of amazing things when you stop eating sugar and grains and uh, you just only eat meat and vegetables. So
1: <laughs> I thought it was you just—it it was all your ball. You blew that off and it, it, it lost 100. <laughs> yeah, How that,
0: that one testicle was 110 pounds, and I lost it all in, in, in a few minutes. I don't
1: know. <laughs> By by the way, you're the more heroic Lance Armstrong. If you're gonna have one ball, you are a much better person to have it than him. So,
0: Uh, I I mean, at least he's got like a whole like cancer story, and you know, oh, what was me? I got cancer, brain cancer, and everything else. It's like, no, it's just me. Was just like tired and stupid. (laughs) Right. Well, no, it happens. Yeah, that was so fun. I think were you listening? I, I, it was either Tower Power Hour I did that on, or the Mad Ones. I, I originally told that story. It was. I remember- toad, yeah, I was toad and Bat
1: uh, Dave, and you oh, told yeah. the story, and I was mesmerized. <laughs> and I have not. I, as a matter of fact, it was so traumatic listening to it. At some points, I'm like, I'm skipping ahead. I get the gist. <laughs> it was like, uh, then I would go back because, like, wait, well, yeah, I <laughs> some of that. Yeah.
0: Really? Yeah, there in the early 2000s, I had worked that actually in when I was doing stand-up as my, my closer bit. It was just like a quick little two minutes. I'm going to tell this story and then put a little put a little punch ball in on the end of it.
1: <laughs> uh, those were the days. Yeah, so you did stand-up. That's interesting. Tell me about it. Or I don't know. It's your show. You, you tell me what you want.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, that that's fine. It was like in the early 2000s, I was doing uh, open mics there for a little bit in Baton Rouge and um, got a couple of paying gigs. Uh, and then I was like, I was like, man, I've got like rent and you know bills to pay, and you know fifty bucks a night to do this is just not going to cut it. And I'm pretty sure if I would have stuck with it, I probably would have been a bigger name than I am now. But yeah, I was like, man, I just I gotta pay bills. There's no way I can do this while at the same time. So, oh well, what could have been,
1: right? So I got a question for you, and this is you know I'm I live I grew up in the northwest, live in Northern California now. Uh, yeah, but a bunch of traveling at one point, and at one point I was down in Baton Rouge actually. Um, it was an engineer. I think I, I don't know if you and I had this discussion, but I was working for a company. We were installing uh, galvanized kettles, or you know, hot dip galvanizing down there. So we went yeah. to a down in Baton Rouge. That was doing this, and they had a bunch of their workers were uh, like minimum security, uh, you know, I don't know, work release type of thing. They'd come in there, yeah. and not uh, white, black, didn't matter. I could not understand a word these guys were <laughs> So. <laughs> Uh, maybe that was the problem. You speak pretty good English. Maybe that was your yeah. problem in Baton Rouge. They didn't understand it.
0: Yeah, just couldn't just couldn't get it. I don't know. It's like well in Baton Rouge, it's actually kind of nice because uh, we just get a little more rednecky. So I mean, as long as you talk with a little bit of a southern drawl, people understand what the hell you're okay. talking about. When you go across the river and down in places like Bayou Pigeon and it, where there's true like coonasses and everything, yeah, then it's like a little bit. It's like wait, what? Sorry. <laughs> That's
1: what I had. Some guy, he's yelling at me to, tell. he didn't have a plug. I'm like, I don't, I just wanted a plug for the, t- yeah. uh, welding tank.
0: Yeah, that's that's kind of fun. It, it is kind of uh, when Swamp People was huge. I, w- I would sit there and watch the show, and they had like subtitles. It's like, oh, I can understand that guy. I mean. <laughs> subtitles. <laughs> it's like, like I don't need uh, subtitles for this. And then my wife was reminding me. It's like, no, that's for the folks in Michigan and Nebraska that have never been experienced to this. I was like, right. oh, okay, gotcha.
1: <laughs> like, I don't know if you ever saw that great documentary, uh, Married with Children. They go to uh, Europe. It is
0: the, the greatest TV show of all time. It I is. don't care who <laughs> disagrees. I-
1: I'm with you. I watch that religiously and Ke- they go to uh, the UK and Kelly has an English to English translation.
0: <laughs> but, <laughs> Dude, think about that as the American dream. This guy works as a shoe salesman. He comes home. The house is clean. Although Peggy doesn't really look like she does much of anything. Right. Right. <laughs> and she still wants to have sex with him at the end of the night.
1: Yeah. I, I remember watching that, you know, when I was younger and, and she's like, oh, he's begging for it. And he's like, ah, and I'm yeah.
0: like, something's not right. Yeah, It's like, Big hair, tight clothes. I know, Katie Seagal. I mean, what's not like the light like there? Right.
1: Well, it was a weird. I don't know. If that, that's...
0: <sighs> Same thing. I just it, always remember that uh, that theme song. She's sitting there tossing a and She's got a cigarette in it, and then <laughs> later, like <laughs> Nancy from next door. <laughs> no, Darcy. That's what it was. Darcy. not Nancy. Yeah, she picks up. She's got like the the fork with the cigarette on the end. It's it the most hilarious show ever. Right.
1: It was great. No, ma'am. I don't you remember that. They had their... Yes. Their yeah.
0: Together. Yeah, their, their meeting. Uh, one of my favorite episodes was when he was doing like the the We Are the World thing, but he was playing a sandwich because he was making noises while he was eating a sandwich. And then Joe Walsh was like, man, I ain't never heard anybody play a sandwich like that.
1: That's right. <laughs> That's right. Joe Walsh. Uh, there was one of my... I don't know if we should get into this, but uh, at one point, they realized Bud realized that Kelly... Remember anything, but she only had a finite amount of space in her mind to do That's it. Right. So if she learned something new, something old, something, something else, else
0: had to leave. Yeah,
1: and she was on this game show, and they taught her just enough, and she lost everything else. So, right near the end of the game show, she uh, she's try- she has the buzzer and she's jerking it. And they go, No, no, li- young lady, you don't jerk it, you just push the button, and she's like, Oh, I learned something. So, they're like, You know, she learned something. And yes. the question was, how many touchdowns does this guy score in, you know, for poke high and it's four and yeah. Know. Cause it was her dad.
0: Yeah. That's her dad. Yeah. exactly. Four touchdowns in a single I game.
1: I think <laughs> our answer was push the button.
0: Yeah. Oh, so good. So good. Yeah. Oh, Yeah. And then the show went downhill when, uh, Amanda beers started directing the show and then they got seven. Seven. Uh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> and I was like, Oh, it's just not the same anymore. No. Oh, well. Steve came back for a minute. That's Right.
1: <laughs> this was this is when uh, Fox for me was uh, like they said, getting your Fox viewing positions. So you had to hold up your uh, antennas in different ways. Yes.
0: <laughs> yeah. The, uh, the the good old uh, rabbit ears had uh, foil balls on the end of it, and you know, <laughs> as the uh, as the middle child, I had to sit there and like hold it in different positions, and then stay there once the once the channel came in.
1: Right. You know what's sad. So kind of back on that whole thing is. Um we've cut the cord at my house. We we got rid of you know we had
0: satellite or whatever cable. We're done with that. I envy you. I envy you. And I
1: was (laughs) wondering, you have four kids. when it happened about eight years ago, I'm like, Oh, what are they gonna and then like "Ah, whatever and they're fine. But I wanted to watch football. So I went and got a H D antenna. Now I'm back (laughs) doing the stupid uh antenna thing to get in channels. Yeah.
0: Well just comes around full circle. Yeah, it does come around full circle. Uh, So, here, Justin Campbell again. My son is playing Fortnite and watching along with me, so be sure to ruin his childhood, of course. Ah, Late 80s, early 90s, Christina Applegate. Mm. Right. She's in a
1: show right now. My wife was watching um, Almost Dead, or I don't remember what it's called, something like that, and it's actually pretty decent. Uh,
0: Yeah, you know, I almost wanted to say the Santa Clarita Diet. Uh, well, but no, I think that that's was... actually uh, Drew Barrymore.
1: Drew Barrymore, and uh, what's his name from Justified? That yeah, one. Timothy Oliphant. you, think. thank you. Yeah, and the British yeah. shows, by the way, uh, if anybody wants to find a good one, it's Justified. Just watch the first two minutes, and if it doesn't hook you, um, yes. just move on.
0: Yeah, there was another one that I, I used to watch religiously, and then all of a sudden I just stopped watching it, and I'm not exactly sure what happened there. And which one? Justified? Oh, Justified, yeah. It got a little hand, sad sap, I guess,
1: weirdness. Um, yeah. But it was only, what, five, six seasons, so it does pretty good. The first two or three are just fantastic.
0: Yeah. I, I think after the third season is when I stopped watching it. It's like they were trying Walter uh, Walton Goggins a little bit too hard. I don't
1: right. know. Right. My, my wife really liked Timothy Oliphant, so we, we could not stop. <laughs> and I was like, okay, well, just ride this way.
0: Yeah, uh, so my daughter and I are going back and re-watching The Mandalorian, and so we just watched the season two first episode, but had uh, Timothy Olyphant as uh, Cobb Van. Right. Yeah. yeah. How old is your daughter? Oh, she's five. She's okay. five. And she get yeah. that okay? Yeah, she gets it fine. <laughs> uh, we re-watched all of the Star Wars movies, except for the last three, the, <laughs> the sequel trilogy, because... To me, that just doesn't happen. That do- those movies don't exist, and uh, so we went back and we started watching The Mandalorian. So she gets all these little p- bits and pieces that were references to the uh, to the original trilogy yeah. and the uh, and the prequels and everything. So, yeah, she gets it a-, a little bit, and then now she wants to watch some of the uh, the cartoons with me because she didn't like those before, like Star Wars Rebels and the Clone Wars and all that.
1: I, I mean, if you want to fill in all the gaps, definitely watch the Clone Wars. Dave Filoni, who does. Uh, part of the, the Mandalorian. He did yes. all those. And they are fantastic. Yeah. Uh, Anakin doesn't seem like such a twist. I'm oh, sorry, Justin. Doesn't seem like such a, <laughs> a penny-waist whiner in there. And yes. the, the story makes more sense. I, my, my son is 21. He's into all this stuff. He gave me a list of which ones to watch. And so I went back and watched them all. because He's like, you don't need everything. So I watched them. And then I watched the Mandalorian. You know, it kind of helps with all that. Yeah, and,
0: uh, I was Yeah, actually, the yeah. Bad Batch that Good just moment. came out too was also yeah. really yeah. awesome. Yeah. yeah. And I kind of like uh, that little thing of... Uh, it's like, okay, well, we had some clones that we were experimenting with that aren't going to look like to Maria Morrison too much. Right. And then even with the addition of Omega. Yeah.
1: Yeah, you know, don't, don't spoil it. I haven't listened to all of the... Uh, wait. The... Uh,
0: Listen to P.O.T.P. Oh, okay. and everything else. He's hard worse. Okay.
1: <laughs> you know... Uh, d- Dave for all his greatness, uh if you cut down the F bomb just a little bit sometimes, I'd I'd be able to a little better with some of my kids in the car.
0: Yeah. I mean, with me, I, I don't make a big deal out of my son like cursing up a storm and everything. I just kinda remind him I was like, Okay, we're not doing this at grandma's house because she doesn't like it. And he kinda gets that, but he kinda knows that he can push the the buttons of grandma sometimes. <laughs> so I,
1: mean, I just found if oh my- you just
0: don't make a big deal out of it.
1: Yeah. No. I mean, they hear us, but yeah, my
0: kids, Um, you know, oh, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I always tell them, I was like, look, there's no bad words. There's just words used at inappropriate times. That's it. As long as you put it that way. I mean, any kind of mouth sound that you make is, is not going to be, you know, quote bad. It's just, you're going to say something in company that may not want to hear it. And, you know, you'll have to, you'll have to find out what those consequences are, (laughs) you know? For how much my kids hear me and my wife and
1: Dave and Jose and whoever else I have on listening to all the bad words, they don't—they don't say them themselves.
0: So, <laughs> so you have more restraint than I do. Yeah, I mean if you, yeah, I mean if you have them listening to Tower Power Hour, I guess it's. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. uh, Jason Booth chiming in. My kids turned 22 in February. Heard my daughter cuss for the first time this past summer, and it shook me. I was shocked. Shocked, I tell you.
1: So Jason, uh, without outing it, I think he's here in California
0: he as a podcast. Yes. yeah, he, he lives right out there. Yeah. Yeah, the Anarchy Among Friends Roundtable. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that's a great show, folks. That if you haven't listened to it yet, you definitely go over there. Uh, Jason, will make you mad with, with some of the stories that he likes to uh, put out there. It's like half of the time when I'm listening, I'm just like, Jason, you're, my, my vein in the side of my forehead is pulsating. Stop this. Stop this. <laughs> But he continues, so it's okay. <laughs> no, it's good stuff.
1: Um, it's uh, usually like, swags. I can't always get it in because it's you know they get long over there. So, uh, but they had one a few weeks, maybe a month or so ago, uh, that they re- did a recap of Ruby Ridge. And while yes. I know a lot about that and I kind of grew up near that, so I knew a lot of that area, uh, it was still a lot of fascinating information. And so, good job, Jason.
0: Yeah, um, when he did the recap for that, uh, I guess it was on the anniversary of, yeah. of uh, Ruby Ridge. There was a lot of stuff. It was like, man, I know that story backwards and forwards. And I was like, oh, that's a detail. I heard that one up. So,
1: Right.
0: So I guess we ha- haven't really talked about you. Uh, so, Tyler Yankee, what do you do for a living?
1: <laughs> uh, evidently, I get yelled at on Twitter. That's not a living though. No, I'm an attorney. Yes.
0: That's I a good, did, well, you get yelled at uh, in a courtroom. So, I did.
1: Uh, no, so and then I'll, I'll just bring that kind of back to my thing with uh, Josie or Queen, whatever, uh, redheaded libertarian. So I had had a clip, and um, it kind of – for no other reason today, and I guess she'd been getting shit on online uh, from her normal haters because she thought I was piling on. But the quote that she had had, she had been on with Clint, and it was about how she's a minarchist. Say,
0: tough li- episode to listen to, by the way. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) uh, I had done a
1: review of Josh Smith's show, and uh, in there he had talked to some girls and some females, and so I was just kind of giving a comparison. I played two clips from her, and you go to my Twitter, it's up there, there's a lot of action on it. But the first one was her saying she's a minarchist, and but that, you know, and I clipped this out, but you can go and hear the whole thing, and I did link to the entire show. Um, But that. Um, court. She goes, yeah, they're dirty. Courts and, and cops are dirty now. Imagine if they were private, okay? So she's like, it would be much worse then. And Clint's like, yeah. you know, I didn't put that part in. And then I played a contrast later on where she's like, I'm really getting inundated by the government. You know, they're so overbearing. I have property taxes. And that's kind of, you know, that's her excuse. So yeah. I put those two together and I'm like, courts you know one's dirty and one's not i don't there, there's a disconnect there and i think that's justified with her minority view that's perfectly fine i didn't yeah. know much about that but um my point is i was in court i'm an attorney um that kind of gets me i do think there are other methods for resolving yeah conflicts. we have private courts not administration courts necessarily but we do have private courts sometimes we get private judges you know as they're defending a guy this morning i was in court. It was such a wonderful I, that's one thing she had a problem with hey you're not coming at me you're not uh, answering my questions please you know uh, t- talk to me and I, I was in court all morning i was taking care of this guy that was getting beat up by the state and we won and it was wonderful to help him out and um you know i don't know if she wants that or not but i'm into government uh, uh court reform and this is kind of a you know big deal yeah. and anyway that's i'm an attorney that's that's all i'm saying
0: yeah, and what's the growth uh, industry in, in lawyering circles? Isn't it mediation and uh, arbit-
1: arbitration? I imagine. You know, I don't know. I haven't done any stats on that, but, you know, that's – you don't always go into court, so, so I a lot of what I do is family law. I've really stopped doing criminal stuff because it's the the, the judges, the DA, the yeah. public defender are all paid by the state. And if you go back and you look at, for example, OJ Simpson, everyone's like, "Hey, you're rich, you're going to get off, you get all this money." Look at the amount he spent and the amount that the LA County spent, and they tripled what he did. So uh, yeah, the, so CD's saying congrats there. So yeah, oh, thank
0: you, much okay. deserved.
1: Yeah, uh, thanks to my guy uh, that I got uh, taken care of today, but um. My my point is, I don't know what my point is. I don't do criminal work anymore. A lot of it's family law from right now, and uh, you know we're just not. I'm not having the state yeah. involved, but when you do have the state involved, you are you know you're kind of subject to their wins.
0: Anyway. Yeah, and uh, nobody who's gone through family court system and everything else is like ever come out the other side. I was like, oh, I'm so glad that I went through the family court system. <laughs> right. I mean, it's
1: it's you know I had a guy the other day, he you know. Uh, here in California, we call them um, Child Protective Services. And they could come in and, and do investigate. They could save kids' lives before, and they've also ruined families. So you're kind of yeah. just, you know, I, I don't like to necessarily get them involved, but when they do get involved, they can, you know, it's it's a touchy situation. It can ruin families, like I said, or it could save them.
0: Yeah, and that's kind of, that's kind of the problem. It's uh, uh, putting the government in charge of that, which is ultimately like a private contract. That's all really a marriage is. So, uh, but we did get this uh, question from Jason Booth. As an attorney, what's his take on the Thomas Binger's performance in the Rittenhouse case? I mean, I, I'm not an attorney. And I was looking at it. I was like, this guy should be laughed out of the courtroom and be disbarred. But, I mean, well, that was I my mean, take on it. Let's, let's first of all, talk about his hair and say that it was perfectly fine. <laughs> <laughs> no, his hair was great. No, he, he had fantastic hair. You can't take that away.
1: Right. right. Uh, with that aside i, I was I, I bet if it wasn't such a high profile case um he you would have had some sort of uh sanction uh you probably would have had a dismissed with prejudice right away it wouldn't have been such a you know because he was pretty appalling the fifth amendment thing was bad the change the evidence issues were bad his trigger uh, finger was bad uh, so i wasn't impressed with him ah, I, that was... I wasn't impressed but... oh. Yeah. Go ahead. I, 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 you probably know what you're talking about on that.
0: Oh uh, yeah, I was just laughing with you because like when I saw the picture of him with the finger on the trigger, just like muzzle sweeping the entire jury, I was like, oh, it's a good thing I wasn't in that jury because I would have tackled him.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I actually wonder if you know if I was on the jury there, if someone hadn't like you know put up their hands and like yelled, hey, uh, <laughs> that would pretty kind of frightening when someone's just throwing a, an air at you. But, um yeah. yeah he he wasn't great and it was i i've shown my um right-wing family they followed it pretty close and i'm like just remember you know this is the da you know your law and order i get it yep this can happen to you this is a you think white privilege or whatever you think about this is a guy going after him he's not looking you know just a quick story i told you i'm not really doing criminal anymore but one of the when i was i had a guy he had been beat up by the police and um comes into us and he had he had been arrested so we go in there to the criminal side his charges were resisting arrest so i asked the da i'm like hey what were the what was he resisting we go well he's resisting arrest i'm like no what were the underlying charges of arrest that he was resisting you don't just say a resisting arrest what what yeah uh, for what and they she just looks at me and she says you know what we love to take cases to trial and i was like oh okay so the good news for this story is, uh, not only did we get it dismissed, we won two hundred thousand dollars from the city for uh, their abuse to our guys. So, it yeah, really happened.
0: Yeah, and it's like part of me is like, oh, it's like oh, taxpayers are on the hook for that one. But it's like the same time. I mean, uh, you you got to show the win where there's a win. I, I agree. You know what I mean? I mean it's like it's not libertarian esque. You know, it's not. Yeah. You know, it's not in cahoots with the the non aggression principle. But at the same time, at some point, you're gonna say, look. We're pointing to this particular case, the state fucked up and now they have to pay for it.
1: Right. And, and there are a few things, you know, the aggressor would say, bleed the state. This is a great example of that. And a quick amount, 200,000. Um, what you're also looking at though, is that these few police officers that had done this, they had a big, long track record of doing this. They actually got, um, uh, fired. So there was a good news all around. You got two cheap guys off the streets and you know,
0: my guy got some money. And so did I. So
1: did
0: I. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so C.D. McRae again. I would have yelled, hands up, don't shoot. Yeah, that would. <laughs> right. Might have been yeah, I can, I can only imagine. All right. Yeah. I. It's like, that whole case, I was like, I was sitting there looking at it. It was like, there's really nothing that he should have been charged with. This case shouldn't have been brought before a judge. It's just, just a waste of everybody's time. But at the end of the day, it kind of illustrated that maybe what you heard on the news media wasn't exactly the truth. And I did right. see like Anna Kasparian from the Young Turks. I had to admit it was like, oh, I didn't know he didn't shoot black people. <laughs> it was like I was like, oh my God.
1: <laughs> I just watched this week uh I don't know if it's on Hulu, I think it's on Hulu. It's about um Scott Peterson. Everyone probably remembers Scott Peterson kills his yeah, wife. Yeah, he was and, the
0: cop that killed his wife, yeah.
1: No, he was a fertilizer, sales,
0: fertilizer salesman, okay? Who was I, stock I stock. thinking of that the cop that killed his wife? Could be Must anybody. be somebody else. Yeah, oh, it could I be anybody. 40% of the chance. You know, 40% chance there. Right. Uh,
1: but but what's interesting about that one, it was so well publicized that, um, and, and this this video is actually this series of like six episodes, is really from his point of view and like giving him the sad sack thing it does make you think you're like oh there's so much out there as an example um they found the body exactly where the press and everyone kept saying that that's where he was doing that's where he's got to be buried so let's say you did kill her and you're yeah. the guy you want to fr- well you go and dump him in the water where you sh- they should find him because that's and then scott's
0: nailed for it yeah he probably yeah. did it but you know yeah uh- that's another thing that kind of gets me when whenever I hear, like, oh, well, we've brought a psychic on the case. And it's like, oh, well, the body is going to be found near the water. I was like, yeah, there's a high likelihood it's going to be found near the water because that's the first place everyone thinks of to go dump a body. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. So, but, uh, yeah, lawyering is uh, kind of one of those professions that it's, it's necessary. But you don't ever want to actually be in that courtroom. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like uh, I, I need a used car, but I don't wanna to go to a used car salesman. <laughs> but it's like, but these are the people that have to go do it. Yeah, it sucks. So I
1: do predominantly right now family law, uh, which you're in the court all the time. Um, I yeah. mean, I was in, I'll be in four, four to the five days this week. I'm in court, I'm in court tomorrow again. So it's just, it's just a little overload. And some of these are just short cause hearings, blah, 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 blah. but then you have big trials as well. And yeah, you know, the ideal is to not go in especially with divorce and and kids and all this stuff. It's uh, yeah, traumatic and you know, a lot of attorneys that don't do this stuff, they're not uh, you can get settlements if they don't want to go into court or they don't want to go to trial because they're scared of that. And for me, I've just been doing it all the time, so I don't give a shit and I'll go in there because it's it's what you do. Uh, and sometimes it's an advantage for that, but it's not good for the the people and especially family law, these people are, I'm not a good um, counselor. I'm expensive and I've got kind of a tin heart, so. <laughs> but
0: <laughs> what it is. I mean, you kind of have to be in the family court case. Cause I mean, if you're, if right. you're having to go in there and you're just like, okay, well I'm really favoring this guy over her and that type of stuff is like, you couldn't do your job effectively. No, you know, cause I, I understand having to turn off the emotion switch for, for stuff like that. So I, I, I mean, I get it. So uh, Jason Booth here with another one the state is the great recruiter of anarchists uh, that was a quote from Ben stone meaning that the actions of the state agents create people against the state evangelizing those actions is one of the best tools and I could not agree more so right I don't know who what's Ben's your take stone? on that
1: uh, well I don't know who Ben stone is maybe I'll have to is that uh, a friend of Jason's or is it some sort of famous person I'm gonna have to look him up
0: yeah. Uh, so we got the, uh, the old, uh, Google matrix here and we can always, uh, look that up, but yeah, uh, I mean, just, just just from their actions alone, it's, uh, it's just kind of weird. that uh, you know, they do all this stuff and then like at the end of it, it's like people can kind of see that, yeah, maybe the, uh, the government isn't all the, the bees knees of things that need to happen. You know, it's, it's just one of those things.
1: Well, I'm somewhat new to anarchy in a sense. Uh, last, you know, Trump coming in kind of, I- I'm not anti-Trump. I was just very heavy in the GOP and I'd already been leaning libertarian. And then some things happened. I was just like, I'm going full libertarian. And then, you know, that's the free slope and I'm here. I am. Um, so the state is a great recruiter of anarchists. I-, I think that's right. I've always been minimal government. And then once you understand that, and that, that dichotomy I pointed out with uh, the redheaded libertarian, me i could not get past it anymore i couldn't i stopped being like this contradictions in my own mind um now i don't necessarily i kind of understand where kenyon talks about you know living in anarchy in your head fine but there's nothing wrong with having principles and where do you where do you get those from you know whether it's your god or what have you or you have these principles these principles can still be effective you've got to live your life according to them i believe. Um, it doesn't mean that, uh, you know, everything has to follow. And, you know, you
0: can take 200000 from the city government. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm kind of in the, in the same boat. It's like uh, I, I live in the real world right now. And Capistan, Libertopia, or whatever you want to call it, it's – and I know the Christians are going to be upset with me. It's kind of like following Christ. You're never going to be Christ. You're never going to come close to being Christ. But you can at least strive to attain that goal every day of your life. I, you know. without uh, but it's the uh, the bad quaker ben stone had a podcast for a while and wrote a book called sedition subversion of sabotage all right well i'll
1: check him out that's
0: right yeah yeah we'll definitely have to check him out might do an episode on it who knows <laughs> that's right. thanks jason for the this is i'm gonna have to call jason uh, the uh, the young jamie of the podcast because he's he's <laughs> looking up stuff all the time so <laughs> uh
1: yeah no, but the religion, without trying to say that anarchy or your um, philosophies are of uh, political philosophies are a religion, I think that's because I've been, I was thinking the exact same thing previously, which is, uh, so I'm religious. Um, I believe, you know, I'm a Christian, uh, but I'm not, and not everything's ideal, right? The ideal would be like in or living in heaven in your head, I guess, or something like that. Yeah. You're not going to fall, you're going to sin or you're going to fall down. And, and it's, I, here's what's ideal, but we got to get through life. Right. I have kids. I have family. I'm going to. Yeah, make- I mean,
0: there's going to be certain compromises you're going to have to make along the way. That's like I don't have taxes. Idea I want taxes me. are like the big thing. We all know taxation is theft. Taxation right. leads to mass murder and everything. But at the, same, at the end of the day, I can't do what I'm doing now if I'm locked up in a jail cell like Erwin Schifter, you know, chained down to a bed right. while I die of a heart attack. You know, it's right. yeah.
1: It's, it's just like uh, Twitter. I don't want to say the R word on Twitter and get kinked off when maybe I could do more. Uh, work by Colin Hughes. Uh, cunt. I don't
0: know. <laughs> well, cunt will get to 12 hours. I'm just... Oh, well, <laughs> c- i just write the word C-word. Like, S-E-A-W-A-R-D. Yeah, a, a real see you next Tuesday. Right. <laughs> oh. I always wonder what Australian Twitter must be like because that word cunt just kind of, like, rolls off of their tongue. Like, it's that, just everyday language. I, I, don't, I don't get it.
1: <laughs> even the Brits. Um, there was a the show I was watching um it might come to me. I'm old, but it was a, a British show, and this guy is just—you're using the C word all over and over and over to old ladies, like some ninety-year-old lady is using it. Um, what's the guy that did the Oscars a few years ago that just lit everybody up? as a comedian from the UK.
0: Not the Oscars. The uh, the Golden Globes would be hosted by uh, Ricky Gervais. There you go. A few That's times cool. because he would just roast the audience.
1: It was a Ricky Gervais show, and his wife had died, and it was kind of really dark humor, but it was really enduring, too. But that one goes into his dad at, like, some old folks' home, and some 80-year-old, 90-year-old woman's calling him a cunt. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh, they just, it's, like, second nature, yeah.
0: No, the, the greatest thing was, like, the last Golden Globes, when he was calling everybody out for being on uh, Jeffrey Epstein's flight logs. And he's like, oh, well, I took a look at the uh, Jeffrey Epstein's flight logs, it's good to see half of you here. And then they pan, like, over to Tom Hanks, who's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> following the jizz lane uh thing at all yeah there was a, a a twitter thread i guess uh it was like one of the reporters was in the courtroom and he was just like live tweeting out what was going on because there's you know zero coverage yeah so so weird that we're not covering like the biggest story ever and uh yeah it was like yeah one of the accusers came out and uh turned out like jelaine is like trying this defense of oh i'm a victim too jeffrey epstein lied to me you know he made me do these things yada 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 and it turns out it's like no she was like the lady of the house she was in charge when jeffrey wasn't there uh even when jeffrey was there and indisposed she was in charge of things and that was like one of the uh i don't know the cook of the house or something like that was was doing that but uh yeah it's i, I don't know why they're trying this defense of she's a victim too but it's i don't think it's gonna work there's like too much stuff against her right in the whole scheme of things you know what her charges are i haven't even followed along (sighs)
1: enough. epstein and all this i just assume she's
0: you know what i don't really know what the the charges are i'm guessing probably the pedophilia and the sex trafficking at the bare minimum but uh i don't know i guess we can look it up but yeah it was uh pretty crazy i got to find that, uh, that Twitter thread that was talking about it. Um, let's see. Oh, here's an interesting one I just found. And this has no relation to what we were talking about. As soon as the thing will come up. But apparently there was a juror excused from the Jelaine Maxwell trial after his spouse surprised him with a last-minute Christmas vacation. That's kind of interesting. Oh. I was dismissed after a special prison with a Christmas vacation, considering the in the judge agreed to free the juror of his duty. I don't know. My conspiracy theorist brain just says someone gave her cruise tickets? I don't know.
1: <laughs> Accused don't
0: know. of uh, child sex trafficking while assisting her longtime friend, Jeffrey Epstein. So I guess she's like, after the fact, who knows. He had to sit on the jury. That's kind of, that's kind of interesting. Yeah. Uh, I came close. Uh, over there in uh, Plaquemine, Louisiana, I got called for a jury for a guy who, like, attempted to run over a uh, sheriff's deputy. And I didn't get picked for the jury, but I uh, knew the person who worked at a bar down the street who was on the jury. And they took, like, all of 20 minutes to deliberate that he basically, you know, was guilty of attempted murder. <laughs> But yeah. I was like I was like okay well, anytime I get a jury summons I'm going to be there for joint nullification no problem and uh but it turned out in this case yeah the guy was a complete scumbag. he had like tried to call Barack Obama as a witness for the uh the stuff that sheriff Stasi was doing down there it's hilarious the uh, the sheriff's name of Iberville parish is Stasi right? and I just can't get over that but uh, <laughs> yeah so but, yeah, he, had like, attempted to run over a deputy who was trying to stop him for drunk driving and stuff. And, yeah, it was, like, they didn't take very long to convict that guy. But, yeah, I, that was the only jury I was actually picked to be on. But it was, like, after they got the full jury, they dismissed the rest of us. And I was, like, okay, whatever.
1: <laughs> yeah, when I was younger and I tried to get on a jury, they would dismiss me. And then now I don't want to be on. And <laughs> The last time I went in, the judge knew me. And I'm, like, I... I own my own firm. You know, I got to take care of my own cases and da da da. And they're like, and the judge's like, oh Tyler, I know you." And he's like, "Well, tell you what, when you look at your calendar, and this, pick a new date that you can <laughs> you come back." And, uh, and I'm like, "Oh shit!" And so I just check the box. that says, "I have kids to take care of." So
0: yeah, know. yeah. Now I get it. And uh, for folks like that, I mean, at least on you've got an excellent excuse you are in family court almost every day so i mean yeah you can't serve on a jury but for everybody else if there's a drug charge that comes up and you get picked for jury duty please nullify that stupid law so well i would i would do it if i had
1: you know i got paid but i don't i only get paid when i'm there so yeah um, it would be fine i'd sit out there and i'd nullify the shit out of that thing but uh whatever
0: yeah, so the uh, the young Jamie of the show comes in again. So according to the, uh, the press release, her charges are enticement of a minor to engage in illegal sex acts, transportation of a minor to engage in illegal sex acts, and conspiracy and perjury. And uh, these crimes are alleged to have occurred in locations including, but not limited to, New York, Florida, New Mexico, and the United Kingdom. So thank you, Jason.
1: <laughs> Who well, among us hasn't done that?
0: Yeah, yeah. I was like, we, we do this every day, right? Yeah, no, no. Not in Florida. No, it's just a yeah. Just as the uh, former guest of the show, uh, Skip the Free Rifleman would say, "The B pigs run the world." So, <laughs> <laughs> right. You're a, you're a civil engineer, right? That's um, right. Not in the engineering side. I'm uh, on the design side, so I I have to take what is in the engineer's brain and put it into the computer. So,
1: wow,
0: Rough. Yeah, it's uh, it's uh, kind of stressful, and especially now that I'm doing, like, more private stuff, because uh, I used to do, like, Army Corps of Engineers. I uh, helped design a two-mile-long uh, sediment diversion canal for the Mississippi River, which was wow. ridiculous. And, you know, now I'm doing, like, site grading for a neighborhood, you know. And I, and I learned how to do a cul-de-sac today, and I'm very happy that I learned how to do it and it didn't screw up. So, <laughs> Well, you probably staying busy, at least employed with that. Dude, there's only four people in our office. Well, I guess five now because we hired somebody else. But yeah, it's we've got 30 active projects going on right now and it's slammed busy.
1: I remember. So uh, my undergrad was uh, engineering and I did mechanical. And I remember at the time, you know, we would first of all, we didn't couldn't mess with the uh, electricals because they were just nerdy and too smart. Uh, but we always mm-hmm. kinda, like, mocked the civil and then when I got out, I'm like, the Civil Law have the jobs. <laughs> so who's the shithead head now?
0: Yeah, it was. It, it kind of worked out that way because I was in industry and primarily oil and gas in uh, 2011, 2012. Well, oil had shot up to $120 a barrel, and we're all thinking, oh, yeah, we're going to get all these uh, you know, jobs from Marathon and Valero and everything else. And then oil dipped down to like $60 a barrel, and then all of a sudden those jobs were gone and because i was the low man on the totem pole i got laid off oh well
1: That happened.
0: yeah but i ended up at a civil firm after that and was doing i've been doing civil engineering since uh 2012 so yeah <laughs> really fun stuff and sometimes it'll just break your brain it's like oh well we need a survey of this it was like okay well we don't have one i'm sorry <laughs> Is, uh, is building going crazy in your area? Or, or like infrastructure?
1: And-
0: Not so much the infrastructure. The uh, the 2016 flood down here in Louisiana kind of put everything on a uh, on a hold. And then uh, after John Bell Edwards got elected governor, uh, I hate that guy, uh, they started, you know, he's got to like show some kind of progress. So they uh, started up some of those projects again. So like uh, on Piku Lane in Baton Rouge, they're, they're – we had designed part of the entrance and exit ramp off of the interstate there because there's not one there now and that job got put on hold after the 2016 flood so you know here in like 2018 i started seeing them clearing out the woods there to make room for it and everything and then the work has been going steadily since then i've just been kind of watching it every now and then it was like man it was like man this job has been going for years at this point it just needs to get built already <laughs> But at least with the neighborhoods and stuff, I mean the neighborhoods keep prop- cropping up, and I'm not sure who's buying houses in this market. But yeah,
1: BlackRock, I guess. I mean it, it's going crazy. Yeah. you know our our market in California is. Uh, I mean Jason could probably chime in with some statistics, but uh, you know that uh, Clint has talked about this from Liberty Lockdown, where the uh, uh, the housing uh, is is less. What do you, what do we call it? the inventory is you know really down, yeah. you know, so it's just driving the market up. I mean my. Uh, our paralegal just put his house up for sale and it he priced it way high it was uh, offers 30 grand above I' mean, it's just like it's crazy right now. And I don't know what's gonna happen
0: <laughs> yeah it's kind of funny I mean down here in Louisiana um, I guess we kind of get like the runoff It's since uh, Katrina in 2005. We got a lot of people that just didn't want to deal with New Orleans mess anymore, so they just started moving north into Baton Rouge and out in Walker and Denham Springs and stuff. So all of those houses got built. So now there's like a new push for like all of these areas like right outside Baton Rouge. Like people want to be around the capital city but not necessarily in it. So like think like cities like Central and out by Jones Creek and O'Neill Lane and stuff, you know, they're kinda buying stuff up right around there. So I'm not sure who's buying those houses. As long as like New neighborhood for like houses in like the four hundred thousands, which down here in Louisiana, that's almost getting you a mansion with like a quarter acre lot.
1: Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, we're I'm, uh, we're east of San Francisco, it's like two hours, so it's Sacramento area, right? Yeah. And, um, you know, you could buy a house out here. I mean, you can live in Sacramento, San Francisco. You know, or have some place out there and sell it, and even move here and have a big place. Or you could go keep going further, you know, like out to Kansas, and have some mansion and you know save a bunch of money. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's a little out of control, and um, you know I want to get out of here, but um, I have kids here, I have a job here. I'm not not everyone can Stapleton their way out of their home life.
0: So you mean like abandon your family and just move oh. out and shack up with your Hollywood producer girlfriend, right. and you know be called an investigative journalist on a stupid Tesla show? Right. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, uh, you know, and on that, you know, Jason, do whatever. I mean, you know, I, me personally, like I, I'm divorced. Okay. And I have two yeah. kids with my uh, former wife uh, and um, my my current wife, of nine years, by the way, um, we have, she has two and we've blended our families together. Um, but I could not just up and leave as an example because I've got uh, kids, I've got a still under this auspice of custody issues and I'm not just going to leave. So, you yeah. know, he did, I, I get it. I just, I would live in a car next to my kids if I had to and you know just you do what you can
0: but, yeah you so uh Jason Booth and another one uh, I'm in the East Bay area and there's a lot of apartments being built by very few new houses so yeah, yeah I think uh, apartment dwellers are gonna be gonna be moving in soon yeah Hope things are going good out there for you Jason <laughs> yeah anytime I get, get like friends out in California I'm like oh please move away <laughs> It, it's you know, not going to be very pretty in the next couple of years.
1: I, I agree. Uh, now I'm up against the foothills. I'm out of, actually out of Sacramento. I'm actually close to Gavin Newsom, uh, but uh, the guy Ben Weir, he is a member of like the Sacramento Mises Caucus, and he had an idea of doing like the New Hampshire thing, of doing it in Northern California, and uh, that really kind of raised my eyebrows. I, I'm pretty interested in that. Uh, you know, like a little Liberty Free. You know, area in Northern California. I think it's, uh, it's rural enough. Uh, a lot of freedom-minded people up there. You never know.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So kind of doing like the uh, the state of Jefferson without actually going all the way and you know declaring a new state, I guess. Right, and just uh, you know doing the local stuff. But yeah, intentional communities. I think are going to be the wave of the future. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so here we go, Justin Campbell. Similar boat. We are going to leave in quotes, uh, but we're only moving about 25 miles away. So, as you're getting up I guess is going to be the uh, the big thing.
1: Yeah. So, uh, Jason, I, I heard him talking about this. He was doing Edling Fiction. I guess he's the co-host with that now uh, with Pradas. But as yeah, he, uh, he's Jason was saying that he was or Justin. And
0: he was moving out to like the country area.
1: Sounds like he might have room for all of us throwing, throwing that there.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I'm the unofficial spokesweasel for uh, Childerberg. So, and I know uh, Jake Lindsay has been talking about Childerberg town for a long time, which I think is hilarious because it's already you know Childerberg, you know. But <laughs> oh, tell me,
1: um, I've been wanting, thinking about doing Childerberg or Porkfest, and I don't think I can do both in the same
0: year. So, what's your
1: input? Uh.
0: As far as I'm concerned, Childeberg is going to be great because it's, it's kind of like in the center of everything, uh, pork fest. I mean, you've got to go to an airport and then drive three hours just to get there. Uh, there's a lot more to do at pork fest. From what I understand, uh, Childeberg, I think is a little bit more accessible to everybody since it's right there in Austin, Texas. So like, even if you're out in California, I mean, going to Texas is not too bad. Uh, you know, it's kind of, Texas is kind of like central to everywhere. So yeah, I'm, I've been to uh two of the three last uh so it's it, it's always a fun time for me because it's basically just people hanging around we've got like that new event now out in the uh the distillery for comedy and music and everything else. so you know I can just see this is kind of like the uh park fest as it was like maybe like ten years ago, you know it's like when everything was just starting, so I can only see it's going to get bigger from here
1: all right well maybe i'll try to make an effort when is that
0: I'm uh yeah it's going to be Memorial Day weekend next May. So right after the Libertarian National Convention, if you were planning on going to go see that in Reno. Yeah, that's real close
1: to me. So I was thinking about doing that simply to go see people. I don't
0: know. Yeah, I mean, as far as driving over from the Sacramento area, that's not too bad because Reno's right there. Uh, That's my adopted hometown because I uh, grew up in Reno there for a long time. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Actually, right outside in the world's largest trailer park community called Sun Valley, Nevada. So... (laughs)
1: Really? You think the world's largest trailer park community would be Florida somewhere?
0: No. no, no, it's right outside of Reno. It's like everybody who works at the casinos live out there. It's a bunch of tweakers. It's it's fantastic.
1: I <laughs> I bet the ones in Florida they keep getting shredded by the hurricanes, so they uh, have right. to
0: repopulate.
1: <laughs> so yeah, they've got an advantage. You know, um, when when this whole COVID thing hit, um, we had just had enough, and it was Fourth of July weekend. I'm like, my wife and I and our kids and my and her sister, we just we went to Reno. We're like, we're just gonna go out there. It's Free state of Nevada, and they implemented the COVID lockdowns so no, on oh, the hotel no. yeah. there. So we hung out at some big hotel
0: and swam, and uh, I got yelled at by you know security guards. My man. <laughs> so Jason, uh, I plan to live under a bridge in Reno if some signs of general facts.
1: <laughs> right. Uh Jason. I have a really nice chicken coop in my backyard. Uh, if you If you need yeah. to come out here, by the way.
0: Yeah, so uh, basically, you can't get lost in Reno. Everything leads back to Virginia Street in uh, downtown Baton, uh, Reno because that's where all the uh, casinos are at. So pretty easy to get around.
1: Yeah. So, wait, you said you grew up here? When were you here? Or in Reno? Uh,
0: in Reno, it was the uh, the mid-'80s to the late-'80s. Mm-hmm. Uh, my dad was one of those kind of freaky people that couldn't stay in any one place like every four years. We had to get up and move. So, <laughs> wasn't <the> military? <laughs> No, he wasn't in the military, he was just uh he was just one of those people like in in Yeah, I, I don't think so. I don't think so. He's not that exciting. You know, okay. he's just a uh you know yeah. you know, cheats on his wife type of type of dudes and just oh. ups and leaves. So okay. <laughs> Going there. Yeah, I was born in Omaha, Nebraska, like a couple of years later we moved out to uh, Council Bluffs, Iowa, and then you know, a few years later we moved out to Nevada, a few years later after that we moved to Houston and yeah, it was just crazy.
1: Hey, you've been around.
0: Congratulations. Yeah, I've kind of been all over the place and uh, ended up in Baton Rouge and just haven't been able to escape since.
1: So how long in Baton Rouge?
0: Uh, Like on and off, like the last... Psh, since 1994? Like right before Andrew? Okay. Yeah. Do you enjoy it? Yeah, I mean, it's okay. I kind of have like the same relationship like uh, Voltaire had with Paris. You know, I love <laughs> the city, but I hate the people there. So. Okay. <laughs> I feel that way about
1: almost probably anywhere out there. yeah.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, it's just, it's a, it's a nice place to come back to. Um, but at the same time, it's like, man, I'm ready for something else. I kind of want to move away, but I can never do it. Unless the last time I tried moving up to Dallas and Dallas wouldn't have me. So, oh, well, one of these days, yeah. I'll move away. Uh, I guess uh, Justin Campbell is uh, checking out for the evening. He's uh, telling us good nights. So. Good
1: night, Justin. Can't hang out. Too late. <laughs> So, uh, uh, let, let's, let's, so it's easier
0: yeah, let's talk about the uh, pod review podcast. So you've been uh, starting to review us all over there on your podcast though. What, what, what's something next that you have coming?
1: You know, I, I don't know. There's so much, so part of this idea was to uh, promote, right? Good shows and just check out them out. And I had, I had some friends uh, from high school that were just kind of get into Liberty and that's, why I was going to, you know, this is a good way of sharing and, and have a good idea. Um, part of the problem you get with that is a lot of work. Like you do yeah. a big catalog, right? Like I, I did Clint first one and he had only had like maybe 15, 20 episodes. So it was much easier. And yeah. And that was before he blew up. So, right. Right. Yeah. And then he came on the show twice and, uh, you know, same with Josh Smith and a few of these others, but you know, uh, it did lions of Liberty and they go back to 2013 with their blog and then 2017, I think with the podcast. So it's a lot to go through. So it takes a while and yeah. It's fun though because I can listen back and like, oh, there's clips. And if you're really interested in in a show, you can kind of give you an idea. And I'm trying to do it without shitting on any of these people. I'd initially, one of the ones I did was Keith Knight early on, and I was a little abrasive about his uh, like his quality. But I'm like, dude, is awesome. Let's not argue with. Yeah, yeah, he's 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 exceptional. And my wife's like, man, he definitely is a
0: step forwards and backwards. He's like one of the best of us. Yeah,
1: and I love his interview style. I mean, he has some amazing people. I bet, and I, I even said this on there, I bet, you know, some of these guys come on for the first time and they're like, okay, it's it's this, you know, Yankee little uh, YouTube thing. And then he, the way he asked them the questions, I think they get engaged and they'd really enjoy it. So my point is, my wife's like, hey, trying not to be mean. So I was like, yeah, yeah good point. So I'd be nice. Then I get on their shows and it goes well. And then Josie hates me. And then Andrew uh, from Proper Liberty <laughs> blocks me. I did go a little mean on him, but uh, it happens. <laughs>
0: Well, I mean that's that's fine. It's a but at the same time we shouldn't have too thin of a skin about this because we're, right. you know we're not professional radio DJs. You know we're not you know our stories don't go back to like AM like, uh, you know Rush
1: Limbaugh,
0: right. types. So where we're running when I started this it was in my car. It, yeah, if you had like bad things to say about my podcast I'd be like. It's like okay, how can I turn this into a joke? First of all, and then, uh and then just working from there. I would never, never block anybody for criticizing me because uh, at least then I know somebody's listening. You know. <laughs> uh,
1: what's interesting is I had done one of the Tower Gang, and I just mentioned uh, not a podcast and Slurp Gang, and then yeah, almost more than half of them all blocked. Me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like oh, I got Bert back. Uh, I got Steffi. Uh, a few El Popo. Uh,
0: uh, yeah, Slurp Gang. They they just I don't know what the. Uh, it happened. No, I mean that, that. I mean that's fine. That's fine. I, I I don't have too thin of a skin about it. I mean, if you had something bad to say about it on my podcast, I'd be like, okay, I'm gonna turn this into a joke. I'll figure it out. But
1: see, <laughs> like, I enjoy your. Actually, I really enjoy your show. I you just come. It's it's like you just it's a conversation. And sometimes it's just, I I sit there. I watch you talk about you getting your ball shut off. And our, <laughs> you know, and you had Cole on himself and the engineering stuff, I, it's just fun and so I don't want to come in and, and be some kind of dick about a lot of these things especially when my show is no better I mean it's just you know kind of trying to entertain yourself I try to just play clips and say, here's what it's about and for the most part I've done shows that I enjoy right yeah and, yeah 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 uh, I would like to do a little, a little bit more like I say this all the time we are libertarians I've listened to some of them and I'm like oh I wanna <laughs> do myself and I'm tried to, and I'm like I, I can't
0: do it but be mean
1: so i just, I just yeah just
0: yeah it's like the we are libertarians is is what i kind of view as like the policy wonk edge of libertarianism because uh you know chris bangle will get out there and he'll he'll talk about okay well what libertarians should be doing is this in this election and everything and it's like it's like okay i i get it there's there's a need for this but at the same time it's uh, you know it's not very entertaining i guess like back in the gap when he had some like uh questionable uh, co-host on that would challenge him on stuff Those little back and forth interactions were always pretty good. And then just lately, it's all like policy wonk stuff. And it's like, I I gotta turn it off. I I can't listen. (laughs) Well,
1: and and, uh, Jason's actually making a comment there uh, about constructive criticism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And I actually, uh, Clint, Tweeted at me today because someone was saying, "Oh, you know, you always talk about your background." And he's like, "Hey, that's Tyler's fault." So when I reviewed his show, <laughs> I, I I I said, "Hey, wh- I would like to know more about you. You seem to know some things. It's, it's, what's your background?" And then I'm also like, "Hey, play that whole song at the end." Uh, so he did both of those. He talks yeah. about both. Of them. Like, I, I think if you're talking about money, you're talking about this housing stuff. Um, you know a lot. Just give your credentials. People are gonna perk up a little bit, and then give us some jig music at the end
0: yeah yeah exactly yeah that's it's one of the things so when i'm going through podcasts and everything it's like the uh the closing music uh you know i put mine on there but i know everyone is just like skip 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 until we get to the next one so i don't know i'm i'm kind of of two minds about it it's like uh, you have to put the bumper music in there somewhere and you know might as well have it at the end i i don't really like let mine go out like maybe 15 seconds or something like that yeah so it's not too much so if you hit skip once it's gone and then you're on to your next show so
1: well and and so for me personally um i do uh, a lot of bike riding so i'm out and i'm listening to the podcast and it ends and i have another one queued up and sometimes you're done with that and it's strong and next thing you know you're like hey this oh yeah it's right i'm listening to podcasts and it's like i enjoyed that <laughs> 30 40 maybe a minute two minutes uh rapping uh, yeah and you kind of enjoy that so if they don't like it and you put it in there bump, a little bumper at the end and they just skip through it fine but it, it gives them a little bit of you know, shake in their legs that's fine yeah
0: that's a you know clear delineated end i guess that's yeah. what i'm getting at man who knows? knows but that's uh probably all the time that we have uh tonight uh tyler uh, go ahead and drop all your plugs we'll make sure we get that in the show notes
1: and not really much just uh tyler yankee as you can see on the uh my at uh there on the twitter uh, go ahead, check me out there, and then it's uh, Libertarian Podcast Review on all the podcast catchers, YouTube, um, really more about like trying to find those artistic <laughs> stars and push them out there uh, for everyone else. Uh, it's not really about me. It's about you know finding people to uh, to be entertained with. I just love these kind of things. I've grew up with talk radio, and that's just uh, kind of my thing. And I just wanted to thank you, Eric, for having me on. Uh, I really enjoyed your show. Uh, listen to it myself. Have I done a preview of yours? No. Will I? Not not yet. Maybe. Who knows?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Got to stop doing shows so I can catch up.
1: Yeah, exactly. I appreciate it.
0: Uh, No problem, man. I'll I'll say bye to you off the air. So, uh, all right. Thanks, man. All right. And there he goes, folks. Uh, When you check down in the show notes uh, later on, I'll have everything updated with all of his links and deets and everything else like that. Uh, uh, You can also check down there for my, uh, my links. I have the coin tree set up. So if you... Click onto that. It's got all of my links down there. And as well, uh, the promo code for lorenzati.coffee. Save yourself 10% on every order just by putting in my promo code RWAC at checkout. And any order over 15 bucks automatically free shipping. It's uh, one of the best coffee deals around. So there you go, guys. Anyways, take it easy. And we'll come at you next time with a brand new episode of Rebel With A Cause. Out.